0: Hey all, just a quick note about this episode. This is, like we do from time to time, a repost of the uh, monthly panel on Black Lives Matter and the church in Australia and Oceania uh, that I'm fortunate enough to be a part of. Uh, you're going to hear a little about this episode in particular from Liliani to Hafei Williams, who knows a bit about the editing, and then it'll go to Tawalofa for the intro of the session. And I just want to flag that you can join these sessions uh, live on the last Sunday of every month, and I encourage you to do so. They're pretty great, but otherwise we'll keep posting them in some form or another uh, uh, as episodes here. So, well, anyway, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you all. We'll enjoy this, and then imagine at the end I say, see you next week. Bye.
1: Hi there, my name is Liliani and I work behind the scenes to support the webinar Black Lives Matter and its implications for our Australian and Oceania context. I am dropping a note here to explain why the flow of this recorded conversation will be different to the live conversation that was led by Reverend Tamsin Kriopa. We have agreed that the rich conversation stimulated by Tamsin sharing deserves to be posted, but to withhold the actual presentation as it pertains to her preliminary PhD research, not yet ready for circulation. Thankfully, Tamsin is open to rejoining these conversations in the future and sharing more of her research. Without further ado, I pass it on to Reverend Loffer welcomes you to the February webinar. Happy New Year and uh, welcome back to our first webinar for 2022. Black Lives Matter webinar uh, started about a year ago as a space for sharing, learning and deepening um, the understanding about Black Lives Matter in the Australian and Oceania context. And, and why that- such issues matter to people of faith. We wanted to provide a welcoming and safe space for all who wish to explore uh, in more depth the impact of social and structural injustices on Black lives in these lands now called Australia. And to sketch out what standing in solidarity with Indigenous peoples looks like From their perspectives. As non-Indigenous Australians, we have been honoured, humbled and inspired each month and we thank all our Indigenous colleagues and friends who have contributed their time and energy to this webinar. International attention has uh, encouraged us to expand beyond our national borders And we we begin this year's conversations by Zooming across the Tasman to share insights and perspectives with our Kiwi cousins. For those of you joining live, we encourage you to actively participate in this conversation through comments and add any questions you have in the Q&A section, if you are asking through Zoom. We welcome from Aotearoa, New Zealand, the Reverend Tamsen Kareopa, and we now invite Tamsen to open our webinar with an acknowledgement of land and prayer. Thank you, Tamsen.
2: Thank you for your welcome. Ko te a kororia ki te atua i rawa, he mau ngā rongo ki te mata te whenua he pakaro pai ki ngā taangata katoa. Ko Tamsin Kiriopa tōku ingoa ko Tiarua me tu o iwi no Tāupo aho. Uh, kia ora tinakoto everyone. My name is Tamsin Kiriopa. I am an ordained deacon in the Anglican Church of Aotearoa New Zealand and Polynesia. I uh, descend from the Central North Island tribes um, from Rotorua and Tāupo Tiarua and tu but I currently reside in Dunedin, the bottom of the South Island, um, because I'm doing my PhD research here at the university. So I'd like to pay respects now to the people of the land here in Dunedin, Ngai Tahu. Um, I'd also like to thank you all so much for your generous invitation and to pay respects to the people of the land in Australia, the many different peoples of the land that are there. Um, I'm so honoured that you invited me. Hopefully I can be of some assistance to you, and I am looking forward to any comments and contributions and discussion that we can have together. So, let me open with a prayer. Kei noitato, let us pray. Etiatua kaharawa. Etiuferananganga ko katoa kiakwe. Emohiotiaananga hia hia katoa. I horiho mean. i kore ho ki e ngaro ia he fa kamaenga fa o matou ngako ki atino aroha e matou kia koe ki tapu ko hukra te tine to ariki. Amen. Amen. I'd also like to. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I'd also like to send my, my loving greetings to Reverend Dr. Catalina Tahafia Williams, who invited me to, to join, uh, who's my longtime friend and mentor. And it's so good to see you again. Thank you.
0: <laughs> thank you for that. And thank you for that opening. Uh, so I'm just going to introduce us because some people might be joining. Uh, this for the first time this year, which is exciting. Uh, the th- um, so I'll introduce our three regular panels and then uh, Tamsin as well. So my name is Leah uh, Miller. I'm a minister of the Word in the Uniting Church in Australia, currently serving with Forest Kirk Uniting Church, and I'm on the lands of the Gaia people. Uh, I also host the Love Rinse Repeat podcast, which where I interview theologians and ministers and artists and folk, uh, and I'm a PhD candidate in Sturt uh, University. Uh, Reverend Tawalofa Angangalangi is an ordained deacon in the Uniting Church, serving as a tertiary chaplain at Charles Sturton University, where she just got off a very busy O-week. So we're very fortunate to have you here and awake. So thanks, Lofa. Um, As a theologian from Oceania, Lofa hopes to see more theological work from those at the grassroots of Pacifica. Lofa believes the church is accountable in creating space for truth-telling and active listening and sees this webinar as a response for collaboration for bringing faith, justice, and academia together. Reverend Dr. Catalina Tehafe-Williams is an Oceanian womanist theologian. Catalina has served uh, the World Church and the ecumenical movement as a leader in public and contextual theology, ecumenical missiology, interfaith relations, racial justice, and multicultural ministry. She holds degrees from both the Universities of New South Wales, London, and Birmingham, UK. And just to note, um, for those who watch regularly, uh, our other regular panellist, Emma Jackson, uh, is taking a little break from the panel so that she can really crack down on her PhD, which uh, we respect greatly as a decision uh, to take. But it mm-hmm. was uh, see you later more than goodbye. So, uh, Emma, if you're watching, we mm-hmm. send our love. And also joining, mm-hmm. well, we heard a bit from Reverend Tamsin Kirioppa, uh, who is a Maori feminist theologian currently doing her PhD at Otago University. Uh, Tasman is a descendant of the Tuhoe and Tearoa tribes in Aotearoa and an ordained deacon in the Anglican Church of Aotearoa, New Zealand and Polynesia, uh, and is a member of the WCC Ecumenical Indigenous Network and the Commission on Ecumenical Theological Education and Formation. Our conversation this month gives us an opportunity to explore in more depth the impact of social and structural injustices on Black Lives Matter in New Zealand.
3: Temsin, this is... Um... This is a fantastic um, way to get us all, you know, um, energized and agitated, (laughs) because that's what I'm feeling. (laughs) Um, So thank you very much. Um, I was thinking as you talk that um, while you're focusing on, um, you know, Maori women, um, and you're very absolutely right when you highlight the fact that, um, you know, in much of the the conversations and the narratives and, you know, the practices thus far to do with the autonomy and the justice uh, for uh, Maori. Um, Maori women have often been excluded or not even thought about, or maybe assumed that they were included when in fact they're not, yeah? So, um, you know, so uh, in in terms of of what you brought to us today, um, we are talking about the, the, the lives of, uh, black uh, people in um, Aotearoa, New Zealand, spe- but specifically uh, Maori women in this instance. And that's really helpful in talking about the, you know, liberation theology and, and its task. So, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful that you brought together the different categories of race and gender and class, you know, um, uh, and then Maori culture itself, um you know, in this conversation that will re- really opens up the, the whole field for us to, you know, have a lot to talk about. So I just wanted to com- to comment, comment, you know, on that. Um, but I, you know, I'd love to hear what the rest of the panellists, you know, might have to say or any questions that might, they might have for you um, mm. in the light of what you've just shared with us. Thank you so much, Timson.
0: One one question I have, which and I'm interested to see like Catalina and Loughborough I'm sure have wrestled with this too, but, you know, thinking about the ways you say that like trying to wrestle with some of these schools of thought or, or writers that have been kind of liberative within a particular tradition, um, like say, you know, wrestling with feminist writings from white mm-hmm. feminists or with um, say like, like writings on socialism that come from Europe, like what's often pointed out in Indigenous critiques is like like this isn't what's going to, get us free, you know, we don't need to stop looking to Europe to solve the problems that Europe brought kind of thing. That, but obviously also there's, you know, you're incorporating these kind of works and, and there's plenty out there. I'm thinking yep. of, you know, mm-hmm. someone like Cedric Robertson who writes Black Marxism, right? So I'm going, I'm going to take up a tradition, but I'm going to bring this lived experience and try to um, critique and fill in what's there. Um, so I'm curious about your, your kind of approach to that kind of work and you know, are there times where you're like, it's all, it's all too hard. I mean, to start totally outside this or ways that you engage that these traditions that come or these methodologies that have emerged um, that have had liberative potential for some, but often to the detriment or the ignoring of, of others um, and how that's something that you kind of uh, yeah, are wrestling with either in the thesis or just in your, your work kind of at, at large.
2: Yes. Yeah, so at the moment, I'm really at the identification of the systems that are causing the oppression. So I'm and and to be honest, this is going to be um, a, P, a PhD in theology. So I'm not going to look to to look at alternative, for instance, social paradigms or economic paradigms as such mm. Um I'm, I'm going to be coming at these these issues from a theological perspective. Um, but definitely, I agree with the fact, and there's so much talk in Māori economics about the fact that we can't look to Marx, you know, for, for a response to capitalism and things like that. We're saying that this is actually not our problem to solve. This is imposed on us. This is what's wrong, so you know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, we want to respond to these things, and I would love to, but mine is a theological task yeah. mostly in my research. So that's sorry, very inadequate answer. But
0: <laughs> no, no, and it's, it's it's great. Can I say oh, something I... about
3: that? Can I mm-hmm. can I respond to that, Liam?
0: Yeah.
3: As well. Yeah. Um, like I was thinking as you're asking the question, and I'm very happy that you know I heard what Tempsin said because I, like I, she's absolutely right. You know, these are. Thank you, Tamsin, that you articulated very clearly that you're looking into the systems and you have articulated quite clearly how colon, colonisation um you know, contributed in so many ways to informing, shaping and defining the notions uh, and the values that uh, has been imposed on Indigenous peoples, you know, in Aotearoa, New Zealand, but all over the globe. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm at the stage in my life and in my ministry and my theology where I think as, um, you know, minority ethnic people, as uh, Pacific Islanders, as, you know, um, non-white theologians, no, non-Western, we should be defining things for ourselves and say, you know, bugger that. Th- that's been tried and didn't help. It ha- it's exacerbated the problem or has, you know, created other problems. Um, but we we need to, to go back to the basics of who we are as, um, you know, Polynesians, for example, uh, you know, as Indigenous peoples living... Uh, who have, you know, a track of millennia of how we've been able to exist (laughs) on this earth, you know, in systems that has worked, you know, for that long um, and draw some of our, you know, lessons and solutions from that. Like I just wrote an article for another global publication that I'm involved in and I'm writing a theology of anger. (laughs) Like, you know, and and my whole thing is... (laughs) Um, like you know it's like a proverbial um, uh, you know uh, thinker to all the people who are telling us don't be angry because you know, a chip on your shoulders you know um it's not the way to be you're not civilized it's not acceptable you know and i want to say yeah i want to be angry and i bloody want you to notice that i am angry you know and take my anger seriously and not just dismiss it because you know oh another minority ethnic woman another black woman you know with a chip on her shoulders you know who's got issues like you know so i, I think we need to to really assert that space you know i mean claim that space and assert. That we have the right, we have the ability and the capacity to define things for ourselves, given what we've been brought up with, because we still have a lot of those values and traditions that has been, you know, internalized as we were brought up with our families and our grandmothers and grand and you know ancestors. We need to draw on those things as resources and strength, you know, to define things, to define the world as we see it and how we see the future needs to be. You know, anyway, this is my rant. I'll shut up now. Yeah, Lofa, you should say something now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll just pick up with um, from where Catalina um, had um, her rent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, I'm interested to know how how do we navigate through those basics, uh, through those values that. Um, You both spoke spoke about, you know, what our ancestors and all that um, had, uh, some of the practices that they had given us. Um, A a friend of mine wrote uh, this really provocative poem, um, Mariana Waka, and she talked about the situation in Fiji, but she talked about the colonisers. The colonisers today is no longer, they're no longer foreigners they look like us now. So I'm I'm wondering what how do we navigate and find what is life-giving to us women today in terms of us defining who we are um, and all of that. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's so difficult because they're all so, I mean, we would say it's an intersectional thing, right? It's that everything's all so connected. So there's always this tension in theology. This is, you know, as old as theology, how to get back to a supposed kernel of what is true and what is imposed and what is current. I'd like to say that tradition is alive and it grows and it, it grows with us and it changes. So we're not trying to say this is a tradition as it was like 200 years ago. We need to separate it from this thing over there. And, you know, it's a growing tradition and we learn. The hard thing is, is to be aware of this all intersectionally, as you say, and to take mm-hmm. that, that all into mm-hmm. consideration. Um, but, yeah, yeah, definitely. Even I'm just thinking now of the economic discussions um what what would an indigenous contribution to to an economic discussion be if we're saying we're going to be talking about our uh, traditions etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm. um it's not that we go back 200 years i mean potentially mm. we do i don't know but yeah. um yeah. we can still take what we're doing now and so Liliani hurry up and do the
3: phd <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah um you know i i, I totally agree I agree. And I, you know, and the thing that I'm thinking about, Lofa, in response to your question is that um, for for us, I mean, the, the onus is on us, people like us, from these, you know, from indigenous backgrounds, to actually, you know, to, to step up and do this and do this. Um, with the awareness that Tamsin is speaking about. But I also am really clear in my mind and you know, from my own experience, that we have to be very very um very confident about our bicultural capacities you know and it's not it's about being completely um we have to do the work and the hard work and the people that lofa says are now the the colonizers of today are like us to me i I mean, I may be very dismissive of those people, but those are people who've not done the work, you know, to bloody well learn about their own background, their roots, their culture and where they've come from and do that in a 100% quality way, not just some superficial, you know, tipping your toes into the water and then do the same with the dominant culture and be confident about your capacity and ability, you know, to understand that culture, to be deeply, you know, in depth in your knowledge and perspective of, of it you know and then that's what I mean by self, by being aware in the way that tamsin talks about and then you're able to critique you know it's like I've been living with this whole mantra of um you know you've got to master the you know the tools to dismantle the master's house you know And you do that for the dominant culture, but you do it for your own as well, you know? So there's there's a lot of work that we need to do. And when you see the colonizers that look like us, Lofa, in the way that you're talking, for me, I just go, well, those are people that I'm not going to pay attention to, you know, because they haven't done the work. But we've got to do the work, those of us who are aware, you know? So that's my response to that question.
0: Tamsin, and a couple, oh, I should also mention that folks want to start him. asking questions and putting them in the QA chat or on Facebook. We're here to yes. do that now. Um, yep. But, Thames, and we've had, so we've had a couple of guests, as, as Lofa mentioned earlier, last year was a lot of uh, Indigenous guests from these lands. And sometimes the topic turned to a bit, so we've got this kind of general framework of Black Lives Matter in this part of the world. Um, and, you know, often the work being done in these panel sessions last year was talking about how like what does that mean here and like you know what does it mean in a very different context with an Indigenous group you know and a, often you know different kind of population percentage different cult you know different history all that I'm curious I mean it's a huge question but just um a little bit of what you know Black Lives Matter in El Toro Black Lives Matter from that kind of marriage perspective how how do you how have you found like has it been something that's been embraced do you think like yeah we're going to get in on this kind of global momentum is it something that's kind of Cautiously engaged is it? Um, yeah. How, how how have you found that in a, in kind of a, in that kind of context where, where you're uh, living and working?
2: So I think in New Zealand, especially for Maori, we've had an ongoing for decades uh, race based activism and things going on. We have had certain groups like the Maori the, they actually called it the Black Women's Movement, I think, in mm-hmm. the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, it's difficult with things like. Black Lives Matter, as you know, for a thousand different reasons, um, it is often treated cautiously. It's seen more as a, an overseas thing. It is, and I know this may be shared with other Indigenous peoples. is also very much relies on on an it's 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 coloured. It's it's like loc- it's based on colour a lot. So mm-hmm. for Indigenous people, often the discussions are different and are being and not in that same space um but definitely, in so many ways, we align with the principles of Black Lives Matter. Obviously, the same constructions that led to, especially, you know, racism, everything like this that's led to slavery, are the underpinning currents of, of colonial imperialism that we've been subject to. So in that way, we're, we're there. But in terms of how it is framed for other people, we're, we're cautious of engaging in it as a Black Lives Matter conversation, if that mm. makes sense.
0: Yeah, thank you
3: some of the things we we've talked about in this webinar is how in this part of the world white privilege is a notion that hasn't been talked about very often or you know it doesn't have a widespread kind of uh, you know uh, consciousness in new zealand and australia or people don't really want to talk about about it does it go back to what you have just said um that there's a a hesitancy because it's focusing on color racism as opposed to cultural racism
2: perhaps and i think it's well known in in discussions in new zealand that new zealand i don't want to generalize here okay so don't <laughs> yeah, come at me okay. but um we're very cautious of cautious yeah, uh, not uh, of of calling out racism because we perceive ourselves to be very enlightened and forward mm. and progressive and you know so there's very it's a faux pas type thing you know we, we don't want to look at that so yeah there's a lack of real even in the Maori rights activism there's a I actually think there's a lot of lack of specifically talking about race mm. so yeah maybe that's something we're scared to talk about or we don't mm. want to acknowledge about ourselves mm. that we don't that the other people are the wow. racist you know what yeah. I mean I don't know oh wow okay yeah. how would it's you really how, how, cool. how has it been spoken about in Australia
3: Well, you'll be. I mean, the fact that we're the only Black Lives Matter, um, uh, you know, webinar or forum um, in any in in any um, level that I've heard about, you know, says a lot. But Liam might want to say something about that as well.
0: I think there's definitely been like a um oh here's a momentum we can we can talk about it thing, Mm -hmm. and I think and what people are using that opportunity to be like is um trying to get people to stop doing that thing where we look at America and go, thank God we don't have a race problem like over there, right? Like, um, well, or thank God we never had slavery. I was like, well.
3: <laughs> you like, did. Like, <laughs> you know, or
0: things like that. I think so it's it's kind of being used to be like, great, it's it's so big that it can't be ignored. Let's now try to hone in and focus on this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, I think, yeah, there is this kind of particular, like I remember um, Gary Deverell who, who joined us one month mm-hmm. for talking about how just that huge difference of, you know, a lot of Indigenous activism starting with, you know, country and and and, and land and things like that, can, you know, and that's a difference and needs to be talked about again and again, the colour aspect, you know, a lot of that. So I think, like, it's definitely been engaged and you'll see it utilised, um, but also a kind of cautiousness. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. and I think also that, I remember Brooke saying something because in America, Brooke Prentice so when she joined yeah. us, because in America you'll see a lot of language of, like, stop burdening um. Black people go and do the work go and read the books she's like it mm-hmm. works there because there's a whole you know the yeah. giant publishing industry and there's so much yeah. you can uh, yeah. access you know so yeah it makes sense not to text your black friends mm. that explain racism to you um mm. but kind of here it's like there's still mm. so like trying to get voices out there is so important so don't go like well, we don't want to bother an indigenous person to talk about race. We'll just hire. We'll pay some white guy to do it. Um, you know, um, it's like you know, let's let's you know, challenge challenge that. So I think it's definitely picked yeah. up, but again with um, with some critique and and a, a desire to yeah. you know ground it.
1: Um, I mean,
3: I, I still remember like 2015, which is not that long ago, when I was 14, 15, when I was trying to teach white privilege in UTC and have half the the, you know the white students complaining about it and all the coloured students not saying anything at all you know like they went and complained to um the dean and others and those are ministers who are practicing in the United church now they complained that i was teaching white privilege you know in the in the class um but now i mean but the whole notion of wanting to not overburden indigenous people by you know asking them to teach us about, you know, racism and white privilege and all of that has been ongoing in this country for some time, you know. Um, but, you know, you know, like, I think what what, I, what is ironic is that the ones that I knew were complaining about me teaching, you know, critical race and white privilege are the ones who are now saying, oh, yes, white races and white privilege, we should be,
2: you know, paying attention to it. Lofa knows all about that, don't you yeah, Lofa? Yeah, and also too, you they want, I'm not going to generalise here either, but you, go on, go on, go on. you want to be careful about you wanting to listen to them when you have your little thing you've organised, but when they're speaking on their own context and you're not listening is why you have a <laughs> lack of engagement from Indigenous peoples because it's just, yeah. <laughs> there's a disconnect there. Yeah. So, so maybe running with with Indigenous-led people, um, I don't know yeah it's the way
1: to go yeah Lofa no um I I was just saying yes (laughs) 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 to a lot of things that are being said here um and uh, so I I mean uh, I guess it's uh, this whole zoom won't we won't be able to solve it but I mean how yeah like how, how do we when are they gonna take us seriously? So should I be asking Liam? <laughs> when are we going to be taken seriously, Liam?
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it it, it there's a pessimistic side for sure. I mean, I don't I don't I think you know, I think a lot I was reading recently um, Professor Chelsea Watego's Another Day on the Colony, and I think like a lot of her stress is on like the need to work around waiting on white benevolence to choose to listen, right? The to choose to, to heed and pay attention. The need to develop, you know, institutional structural change. But I mean, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I definitely think there's been shifts. Like, yes, um, like, but it's it's no. There's so much work we've done. There's still so much yeah. um, resistance. You know, immediate walls up or. Yeah. Um, very like a- agreement to do kind of on the, the superficial side of things but like I do think you've seen more like you know the you know a lot of people did turn out to you know events over the last year the, the you know stuff around January 26 is increasing again you know more and more I see you know I see friends who you know I never thought were radical by any standpoint you know now will post about how we shouldn't be celebrating on this day um Mm-mm. whether that's people might critique okay that's you're still saying we should celebrate another day and that's a problem because we should you know you just can't but you know i think it's interesting to start to you know see maybe bits and pieces but i mean i don't know i wouldn't venture to answer Mm. and i wouldn't want to be too optimistic but Mm. you know just because i could be completely Mm. wrong but
3: yeah just to let let tempson know that we we're still debating in australia whether we, you know, the whole idea of celebrating uh, Australia Day on the 26th of January, which is a day of mourning and, you know, invasion for Indigenous Australians. But, yeah, that's and that's part of what, um, you know, uh,
2: Liam... Well, is it's a, not really a debate to. for Indigenous peoples, right? That's
3: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's very yeah. much not... That's no... right, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: But, you know, the whole society is still
3: de- yeah, debating yeah. it, you know. Yeah.
2: But I also think, too, even despite... Lack of progress. You know, I think this is why I'm into liberation theology. It's the overriding hope of the gospel, right? And I don't want this to sound like passe or anything like that. But this is Christ, the Jesus, the hope of liber- concrete liberation in life that will happen. We're working towards that goal. So not to let the lack of progress um, mm. be be disheartening in any way, you know. Mm. And, I, and I know we want answers tomorrow, but
0: <laughs> Yeah. Think, yeah, Brian Brian Collier asked uh, about the yep. Dawn Raids.
2: Oh, okay. The Dawn Raids, actually, um, they were um, against Pacifica communities in New Zealand. So yep. for myself, I don't have a huge knowledge, I'm sorry. I won't be able to speak to them in any Greatly informed way, um being Maori, that was not my yes. experience. Yeah. Um yeah. But I do understand that the government put forward an apology recently. I think yes. the end of last year. That's right for the dawn raids. Mm. A very a beautiful cultural ceremony that was done, and the prime minister mm. did apologise and admitted that that was wrong. So, mm. yeah.
3: And I know about that because I have relatives and, you know, many family re- members and relatives who were, you know, um, running from one house to the other <laughs> trying to, to hide yeah. from the dawn raids. I mean, I was very little, but I, like, I remember, the question- you know, the conversation with yeah. families telling us, ooh, you know, all of a sudden the address has changed because, you know, we didn't know about it because they've moved because mm-hmm. of the dawn raid. Yeah. But, Does the questioner... Oh, Apology from the, you know, from the museum
2: yeah. government. So I saw that. Yeah. I'm wondering if the questioner has um some particular experience with the yeah. gun rights. They were thinking. Bri- Brian
0: about just that. Brian just followed up to say he's critiquing the apology in a piece coming okay. up. Okay,
2: okay. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's a bit
0: of an a debate around whether the apology was sincere or, or performative.
2: Yeah, yeah, I um, understand. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm. I mean, it's interesting. We just had we just marked one of the the anniversary of the um apology to the stolen generations. Um, mm. which, which happened in two thousand and eight, mm. I think so. Yeah, I think I got the date right. Um, and that obviously stirred again quite a lot of controversy because um, mm. in Scott, Prime Minister Scott Morrison and his comments, um, had a line yeah. about you know saying sorry is hard, but what's even harder to say is I forgive you, um, which is you know again this putting the the owners on, uh, on on that, yeah. which, I mean, if if liberation theology. Kind of leads us to anything. It is a much more robust sense of sin and mm. the need mm-hmm. to, to take accountability mm. for sin in a, in a broader yeah. sense of repair and, yeah. and, and tr- um, whole societal transformation, um, yeah, rather yeah. than kind of individual. Um, I apologise, and, and then it's on you to mm. forgive seventy times seven or something like that. Yeah, you know, so I, you know.
2: yeah. Forgive my yeah. ignorance, but does Australia have anything like the Truth and Reconciliation Process, or not mm. really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. A of that, that will be why he it. would. That's no. why he rushed into the talk of forgiveness. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> yeah.
3: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, but but and the thing the thing that I'm thinking about is that um that you know the whole the whole uh, uh, burden of um you know saying sorry and then um you know because I'm reading more and more and when I talked about my whole theology of anger, some of that yeah. anger comes about because there's apology and then nothing follows, you know, and then forgiveness is expected and healing when, you know, there's practice. And one of the things about liberation theology from South America, Latin America that, um, you know, I've always been, you know, inspired by is that, you know, the focus on action mm-hmm. was very strongly yes. a component of liberation theology, you know. Mm-hmm. You don't just say sorry, you follow it with action, mm-hmm. action that makes a difference, that is visibly making a difference, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Um, and people have died for that, you know, doing that. Um, but, you know, and, and if we're using Christ as the model, well, he died on the cross for that, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's no better example, but... um. But these, you know, like uh, the history is so much so that, you know, there may the, the dominant culture uh, and the colonisers might get to a point of thinking, yes, we should apologise, but then the step is not taken further, you know, for what needs to happen so that real reconciliation and real healing can mm-hmm. happen. And that's why a lot of anger comes out of, you know, the, the victims um, mm-hmm. who are then labelled further as you know, violent, you know, having a tendency to violence and, um, you know, like it's constant and never-ending mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. you know, the onus is always put on the victim. Mm-hmm. And we know that in other areas of trauma, you know, yeah. and other areas of violence where, that you know, the onus is so much always on the victims. And mm-hmm. that has always been the case with Indigenous people, mm-hmm. you know, from colonisation, from the, the moment that they were colonised to this day, that mm-hmm. onus is always on the Indigenous people and, you know, mm-hmm. anyway, might want to say something about that, Tamsin. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, definitely. Um, but I also feel like, and I don't say this as, like, a pushback to what you've said, but I also feel like we definitely have the capacity to do this. It's just that these conversations need to be led by us and they're not. So... Um, it's always, yeah. yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I've, yeah. While I do agree that definitely um, the onus is always put back on the victim, I do have a strong belief that well, <laughs> we obviously have the capacity to take this to task and to deal with it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah I mean, I, and I totally agree, you know, yeah. I, absolutely. I, I, when I say the onus, I mean, it. You know, we're given we're, – the, the burden is on us mm-hmm. to prove our case. Mm-hmm. and Yeah, and we should, I guess, you know, yeah. we will have to do that. There's no, I guess mm-hmm. that's the only way to make mm-hmm. the case. And, I, you know, like um, we talked about, we mentioned, Leah mentioned Gary before. You know, Gary is constantly putting out, you know, statements about, you know, the whole um, Australia Day, you know, debate and, you know, and I'm just... I I guess we shouldn't be surprised, but I never cease to be shocked at some of the responses. You think that people, you know, that the responses to what he's saying, um, you know, and and Gary talked about being weary as an Indigenous person. You know, Indigenous people are so tired, you know. um, Mm -hmm. That's the case, you know, that's a sense that we feel definitely here in Australia, isn't it, Liam and, and Lofa? You know, we feel that sense of weariness, and maybe in some ways there is a difference between the Australian context and the um, New Zealand context because, um, you know, f- in, in many ways, of course, the Maori are more visible and, you know, a- and uh, strongly represented in in ways in the public, sp- sp- you know, sphere in a way that maybe not the same with ab- Aboriginal Australians. Would okay. I be right about that, Liam and Lofa? I mean, my knowledge is that it says yes. You know, in, in, in New Zealand, Maoris, uh, you know, have a stronger voice in comparison to Indigenous in Australia.
0: And terms, is very better set to say this. I, I think we definitely have that perception in the sense of, you know, you meet a lot of white New Zealanders in the sense of maybe they'll, you know, know some language yeah. or there's a sense of there's the treaty or or even the the, the, the nation, right, that we don't just say New Zealand, um, so like we we from here might look and go oh there's all these visible things or there's some structural things I wonder if you know um, over there it's it's it's
1: not look the don't same, don't yeah. you know
0: <laughs> it's not all like as you said before that that kind mm. of almost that fear of maybe speaking out because we're meant to have it all enlightened together but um, yeah so I think there is a sense of that like that that, 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 that that I've heard and read that that sense of visibility a difference but um, I'd be curious to see how actually whether that's that perception is sure. accurate. Thank you. Yeah,
2: I can't speak on the experience in Australia because I have little knowledge of that. But on in New Zealand, that's what I mean. Internationally, they play on this reputation for being, you know, all the good things, including racially beautiful, you know, um, but for Māori people, this is this is not, we we have been fighting for decades yes. and decades and decades, yes. literally fighting, and um, some of the small games that we have fought and fought for and died for um, that have finally gone through and things are now sometimes played as an accolade to the dominant power because, oh, yes, we did this, you know. We're so lovely. So it's like <laughs> it exacerbates the problem for us too. And then and then they say, so why are you still angry? If we're doing these things, so then we're exactly? seen as even extra, extra annoying and just angry and what Catalina was saying, just OTT, you know, off the, you know, rails. Um, if we continue to point out things because, hey, look, we did this for you, what are you even moaning about? type thing so it's definitely hard yeah Yeah.
1: um the use of um feminists you identify yourself as a feminist
2: what katalina identifies me as (laughs) (laughs) okay sorry Sorry. (laughs) no so so? Yeah. yeah so my um dissertation is towards a wahine maori theology of liberation Wahine being women, Māori, obviously Māori, Māori Woman Theology of Liberation. That was kind of an intentional title. There's lots of different titles. Mana Wahine is a big framework that is used for Māori women scholars that I decided not to specifically use for some reasons. Some Māori women call themselves Māori feminists, um, yeah, I just feel like there's a burden of understanding with all of those, um, labels that I mm-hmm. kind of didn't quite fit with what I was doing. So mm-hmm. I just called it a wahine Maori theology of liberation. Um,
3: Mm-hmm. I don't know well, if that is, what, yeah. I, I nearly I nearly labeled you like me as a woman theologian, po- a Polynesian theologian but you know mm-hmm. I, I, that I, was the first I time I heard that.
2: you labeled as a womanist I was interested in that good, <laughs> <What's> <laughs> <all> good? <laughs> actually I am using a lot of womanist scholarship in my mm-hmm. in my research
0: too so mm. yeah <laughs> uh, I just wanted to share one I comment can, that came yep. through on the Facebook which is just yep. um, Mike Morrison just wanted to share his thanks for uh, Tamsin for a rich and challenging paper and then thanks for the discussion, and uh, really appreciate the webinar and the honesty and directness in this space. So um, just wanted to read that out. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> do we um, want to do um, closing thoughts?
1: I'm I'm not sure where to start. Um, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> there, there's so much to take in. So Malo Alpito Um Look, um there's so much talk on commo- you know women com- being commodified um and for some reason i've i never thought about that um what uh capitalism does is um, it places value on women as commodities um especially indigenous um, people um, value is only put on people uh, on commodities um after it's been exploited. Um, and that's that for me is a big it's a really big statement. Um I guess I didn't put that in the same order that you did, but um
2: yeah, I never thought about it that way. So yeah. It's interesting too. And especially for Maori in terms of land, the commodification of natural resources, land, water, that's a huge capitalism is a huge part of our fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And as they say of people, as a person just living there as a as a baby who has no value in the market, you know what I yeah. mean? It's, yeah.
0: I really appreciate. It. I mean, so much. It's so rich, and I cannot wait in whenever many years' time I get to read this this dissertation. <laughs> it, it, it's going to be very, so three. There we go. I love it. Um, so, B, and yeah, I think two things that really struck me and stayed with me was one about that comment about you know who should be hosting and running these spaces. And, and are we listening when it's not like when it, when it is a space that we're just truly just there and get to listen and not not um, organizing and yeah. uh, or, or, or as white people or you know so I think that was so helpful and then mm. um, just the point um, just the point again about like you know it's it's so tempting to go and look for you know go read Marx or what have you or whoever mm-hmm. it might be and 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 you know sometimes it's that feeling almost like that we, you know, you go here, he, you know, that temptation, you know, go to a, the, the Indigenous contact, um, writers for, for story and accessory, and then go go go, go somewhere else for theory, right, and, and for the richness of, of that. And I think, you know, that's obviously very problematic for a lot of reasons. So it'd be a great reminder again here. And I'm going <laughs> to go on mute before this foot takes over. Um,
3: so, um. I mean, you know, when you talk about commodification of, um, you know, women and human beings in general, um, and the capitalist system and economic system, I keep thinking, Liliani, hurry up with the PhD, because that's, you know, those are the topics that she covers. Um, but the, I'm, and I'm, and in, you know, thinking about what uh, I just heard from Liam, it's, um, it's so true about the hosting. But, you know, I, I just feel like for us, uh, you know, Polynesians and non-Western peoples, I think, I think that um, we can't afford to not delve into everything. You know, we've got to get to know what Marxism is about, you know, all the theories, so, you know, sociological theories and, you know, um, all the theologies and all the philosophies, as much as humanly possible. And it's possible, I've done it, you know, to do as much as possible as one human being. Because I think it's important that we do that. We do that so that we can speak with confidence and feel, you know, um, that we cannot be challenged. I mean, we can be challenged, but we can stand up and say, yeah, we'll push back to you, right back at you, you know, but that we can also have with integrity and strength, say what we need to say, because we are delving also into our own roots you know, into the cultural resources that we've come from and value that because we are the only ones who can promote that and actually value it, you know? So that's the one thing that I wanted to say about that. And I just want to thank Tamsin. It's been fantastic to have you and we will have you again if you're if you're willing, you know? Be- before your three years, you know, uh, um, doing the PhDs up, we will have you back in our, you know, um, as in this panel. So thank you very much for the... Wonderful, amazing, rich talk. I'm so pleased and I'm so proud of you and I still love you.
2: Thank you. I love you too. Thank you so much. (laughs) It was so good to be here. Thank you. Thank you for your generous engagement in my discussion. Hopefully next time I come, I will be able to speak more to the theological work that I've done by that time. So that would be good. But in the meantime, thank you all so much. It's great to see you. Fantastic. Thank you.
3: (laughs) So thank you everybody who zoomed in. Um, and you know we love when you send in questions. we really really appreciate that and comments. Um, the next one on the 27th of March, we have got the uh, Dr. Jenny Depa uh, as our panelist and you know Jenny is a beloved sister of mine in Tamsins We love her and admire her so much and she has a very amazing global profile as a theologian so um, you know, we are very blessed that she's, you know, willing to come on. Um, so we look forward to uh, next month with Jenny depa And, of course, we continue our series on Indigenous theologies. That's what we're still doing, um, and which is why it's really cr- crucial that Tamsin continues to be, you know, one of our future panellists. So, yeah, looking forward to that very much. I'm sure that all of us are in the same boat, that our hearts are breaking for the people of the Ukraine, um, you know, uh, thinking of what's going on there. And um, I feel like, just like us to have a moment of silence and I'll just, you know, close with a very brief prayer Um, And I want us to say the Lord's Prayer together as we think about the people of the Ukraine um, and, of of course, the people of of Russia, but especially those who are standing up and protesting and saying no to war, you know. Um, I think that we need more of those people to stand up in, you know, in that context if they're able to. Hopefully their government will listen and put in But can we have a moment of silence Just, you know, uh, thinking about what's going on in that part of the world. And, of course, the pandemic continues um, to be a worry for many of us, but I'm particularly, you know, worrying about the people of the Ukraine. Lord Jesus, we give thanks that your light has shone for us on this day, Transfiguration Sunday. You are our beloved Savior and Lord. And through your saving grace, you have helped all of us to see a vision for how we can share in your light for this world. And we pray particularly for your light of compassion, of justice, of peace and love to be real and to stop the insanity of what is going on in the Ukraine with a powerful neighbor doing what it is doing. We pray for the safety of all the people who are suffering and we pray for peace and for comfort for those who have already lost loved ones. And we say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Deliver us from evil for power. Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.